Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you a variety of different types of show in order to share our affection for TBTL. But this is Monday, where we recap the past week of show. Um, all right, here's my Cliff's Notes recap. Sports, poop, flying salad, poop, poop. There. Done. <laughs> okay, we're done. Uh, okay, so maybe we need to add a little bit more detail. And uh, as you can hear, we've got just the right people to give that detail. Joining us for the maiden voyage of his new as-yet-unnamed studios from Manshack, Texas, it's the jail dude, Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Greetings from Manshack. Why does it have an A on it if you don't pronounce that last A on the end? Not very clear, even to those who do the cursory uh, Wikipedia research. Um, lots of explanations, none of them very satisfactory. It just makes me think of like Man of La Mancha, only you don't say the A. Yeah, you could be true. Mike from right. Manchaca. Well, whatever. Right. <laughs> I'll have to get used to it. Tilting at uh, windmills with his uh, with his uh, uh, appendages, his false appendages. <laughs> and as you can hear, we have another special guest host joining the panel this week from the Squeezebox Studios in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. It's Bob awesome. Stein. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Mike. I hope you guys are doing well. Actually, you should say it. Every time Luke reads my name when I'm a donor, he says Downington, Pennsylvania. So it's kind of like negative tin and Cooperston. We'll see. I don't think we necessarily have to follow Luke's lead on that one. Absolutely. (laughs) So today we have got the usual going on. We've got some LRB business. We've got your week in review. We'll do some housekeeping and we'll tell you how to get involved with the show. First up in LRB business, uh, let's talk about that Friday show. Bobby and I talked to Sean Vale, and we played the clip of one of my all-time favorite Jen Andrews moments <laughs> when <laughs> Jen met the man hot sauce for the first time. Yeah, I, you know, I have met the man, and I've I've introduced or been around when others have been introduced to the man, and and uh, it's, I do sympathize with Jen, empathize with Jen, in that in the moment, you really do think your life is over, <laughs> you know? It's, it's not, depending on your taste buds or whatever, the, the, the moment could just be a few seconds, it could be minutes, and it could be hours or the next, some, you know, take up some part of the next day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but... Um, it's an awful thing, the man. I, and I think when I, when I was taking Bobby on a ballpark tour in Safeco, I think we walked right by it and I said, that's where you would meet the man if I hated you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but it sure is funny to listen to her. Yes, absolutely. Wailing and gnashing of teeth and whimpering and yelling at Luke about how upset she is that he made her do this. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you have not yet listened to Friday's show, please go back and do that. And also, Sean was delightful. I could just listen to him talk forever because his voice Mm -hmm. is amazing. 
but I have a well-documented weakness for smooth baritones, so I guess maybe that's just me. No, I, I agree. I started, I haven't listened to the whole show, but I was I was listening to him talk, and I thought, God, what a great radio voice he has. So <laughs> I, I really, and he tells was telling a great story, so I really enjoyed that. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, Bob... The last time yes. you were on the show was early April, and you were telling me and Christy about your upcoming uh, cycling trip to France. And I was trying to create this mental picture of you wearing like the black and white striped mime, mime shirt and the the black beret <laughs> and holding your accordion with like a, a loaf of French bread sticking out of the crook of your elbow. So is that how it went? Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. And, 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 uh, uh, also I'm monkey on my shoulder as well. <laughs> Is that uh, part of the French experience? <laughs> I don't know. I just figured it just sounded like you might as well add that in there. But anyway, uh, all I can say was c'était magnifique, c'était superbe. It was an, it was just a wonderful, uh, trip. Um, we, did uh, two nights in Paris at the beginning of the trip, and then we did we biked around uh, Normandy and Brittany. And one of the highlights for me was on July fourth. Talk about meaning. We were on Omaha Beach, and then went to the American Cemetery um, to see you know the graves of the a lot of the soldiers who died. Um, storming that beach and in Europe in general. Um, I, I am probably politically left, but it, it, it still was a moving experience. Um, I, if I had all the money in the world, I would pay for every citizen of the United States to go over there and see that and see how important, you know, that sacrifice was to, for where we are now. To defeating uh, the Nazis. What's that? Who are who to defeating the Nazis? Who are now back? By the yes, way, yes, I Nazis. know. Well, obviously, <laughs> um, hello to all God. our don't Nazi get, fans. Please, yes. please don't get me started on that. That that's a whole other podcast, I think. Right. But anyway, it it was just beautiful. The countryside was beautiful. The um um uh, the food was wonderful. Um, one of the things uh, that uh, that area of France is known for, especially in Normandy, is um cider a uh, hard cider and we went to a, a cidery and met the the farmer and producer and uh, we had um some of his cider which was wonderful and also we bought a bottle of his uh, calvados which is the apple brandy which is made from the cider so that was that was really enjoyable i mean it was it, 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 it I, the other thing that was great was um in Brittany. They're known for their oysters, and uh, I have become a very recent convert to eating raw oysters. Never liked them before, but I tried one of my wife's a few years ago, and I was like, where the hell were these all my life? So we were mm -hmm. sitting on the beach, literally eating fresh oysters that were just brought in. It was it was amazing. So it was, yeah, it was a lovely trip. We a nice bunch of people we traveled with and um, a lot of nice cycling, beautiful sites. Um, I love this company that we, we, we use. It's called VBT. And uh, it, it, uh, we're looking into maybe doing another um, cycling trip next summer. So we'll have to see. But yeah, it was a great trip. Mm, sounds okay. 
I guess. Yeah, just yeah, it was it was meh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should put together a TBTL cycling tour of France. Ooh. That would be awesome. That would be that would be with fun people, but Yes, and and we'd have to stop and we'd have to include like um um uh, the cheese tour for Mike. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd have to include the uh, you know for the the the, the hard drinking tours. You know the tours uh, hard drinking tens. Excuse me, tours of the, you know various uh, uh, wineries and and um, cideries and things like that. So it could be uh, could be pretty good. I think we could map out the bathrooms too. You know, <laughs> like the just a minute run. <laughs> You know, brochure of where you know, because I'm I don't I I don't want to speak for everyone, but I I don't want to go biking through unfamiliar countries without knowing where, you know, where we're gonna be stopping to to relieve ourselves. You know, we don't want to be out there, you know, in our stupid metal shoes pulling down our stupid, you know, rubber <laughs> pants to, to pee <laughs> on the side of the road. So, God, you paint such a romantic picture. Yeah, really. Rubber pants, so you're already using Depends, huh, Mike? Oh. So speaking of my health challenges, uh, while yes. Bob has uh, yes. been gallivanting around Europe and having great vacation, this summer has been um, uh summer of we're, we're moving into a new house, which which we've mostly moved into now, Emily and I, and it's it's fantastic. We love it. The 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 ranch the ranch house here in Manchac with with uh, you know, we have quite a bit of property now too, you know, and and lots of animals and fun and and lots of excitement going on outside. But uh, for me, mostly the summer has been amputations and yeah. culminating in finally the complete below the knee amputation of my left foot. So I have no feet um, left. My circulation was shot. There was no way that that um, my remaining foot was going to be able to support my weight anymore it was starting to crumble as well as you know you know we were healing up the wound of the of the last thing that was removed but but it was just becoming clear and much too painful to to carry around so um as of as of uh, about 10 days ago as this comes out um i had my left leg uh removed below the knee at the same place as my right leg so um i still have a big cast on it going to be getting that cast off and we'll have a look at the we'll have a look at it on thursday um jeremy has come to town for a few days to help emily um with some of the moving stuff and also like uh keep me occupied and um happy and we're going to be going out to watch the seahawks road game this afternoon somewhere so at least i'll be having a little bit of fun it's not like it's not like being on the being um at normandy on the fourth of july (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um but i think we'll get it beat up the seahawks will get beat up just as bad in tennessee as the, yeah. as the u.s got beat up going on to shore but hopefully we will also get a victory well so one thing that you just alluded to but you didn't share uh earlier in the mm-hmm. summer was that you did have your remaining big toe amputated mm-hmm last month or whatever. And I, I told you at the time that you should, well, also you, that you should save the toe so we can make those sour toe whiskey drinks. But I said, do you have a frequent 
amputee punch card that you fill up, you know, six amputations and get the seventh one free. And you were like, and this is only my second amputation. And so I feel like maybe you should have gone with the frequent flyer punch card. Oh, I don't know. If I said I only had two amputations, I totally misspoke because I've had way more than that over the like the last five years. Um, But uh, within within like the period of a year. Yeah, I don't think I hit my I don't think I hit my limit. I don't think I get a free amputation. (laughs) It doesn't expire, does it? You just Mm, use it till it's filled up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I might have removed my first one from my wallet while I was cleaning, you know, cleaning out all my old credit cards and, you know, I don't think I had it. So, but hopefully this is it for a while. Um, it's going to be a pretty tough road to hoe as, you know, for rehab wise, but uh, I hope to, if not be completely ambulatory on, on two, um, on two of these fake legs, at least be very comfortable with a walker. For, you know, pretty soon, if I can get this this healed up. How, how are you feeling post surgery? Uh, I have a few bad days. A couple of days ago, I just couldn't get out of bed all day. Mm. Um, but mostly, mostly good. And with with Jeremy here now to get me out of the house a little bit, it's uh, it's good because Emily's just way way too busy with her her job and moving into this house to like entertain me or you know indulge me so i'm making jeremy do it mm-hmm. well awesome. i i make joke but uh of course we're all sad to hear this news and um we hope that you regain uh regain your mobility it must be hard given that you spent the whole last year kind of rehabbing from the first thing and it almost it feels like mm-hmm. you've gone back to back to the beginning but uh, I have, but I, but they, I've been taught some of the tools. And right. I know a lot of the mental things that I need to do right. to take care of myself and to, you know, keep myself ready for the moment when I can, you know, do certain things. And and I remember when you came back from the first amputation on that first show, and you were talking to Bobby and Meredith, and Meredith said, "I'm worried about your other foot," and you said, "Yeah, we're all." worried about that other foot so was this really it was always an inevitability yeah 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 it was always the bad foot the other one came as a surprise and you know it flared up really quickly and had to go um this one was no surprise of just it was just going to be how much mileage can Mm -hmm. can i get out of that foot and it wasn't much it turns out i mean that's the foot that got caught in a pretty bad car accident when i was 21 and have always had poor circulation in that foot and and pretty much all my extremities, but <clears throat> that one, um, yeah, it's uh, it it got bad fast and and had to go because I couldn't stand to put you know any weight on it at all. So when you can't put any weight on it, it's time to go. Um, Emily posted some pictures of your new house, which is beautiful, but I did notice that there is like, there's a step down from, it looks like the entryway into the living room and then a step down from mm-hmm. like the kitchen into the living room. Have you been able to, uh, jerry rig some sort of solution for that? Uh, there, are, there are steps, there are tiny steps everywhere, which make things pretty impossible had, uh, Emily not, um, gotten somebody to put some some small ramps and one pretty big ramp in the garage and then three ramps, three small ramps in the, um, in the main house. Cause yeah, it's all one floor, but there are these tiny 
steps, which when I was gimping around on my one foot, I, you know, I could use my walker and stuff. But now that I have no other foot, I need some ramps. So she's put some in for me. And uh, hopefully I will get better enough at some point where we can take them out. But it was very nice and they're very well done. And so I can now as of, especially this morning, the guy finally came and put in the last ramp. I can, I can get anywhere in the house, but inside of certain bathrooms and closets because <laughs> there's just no conveyance that will allow me to get skinny enough to get into a couple of these <laughs> places. Uh, so last year you bought a house, you were moving, and then you had a foot go bad and you lost it. This year mm-hmm. you bought a house, you were in the process of moving, you had a foot go bad and you lost it. Now, I know Meredith and all the other lady scientists would make the caution about uh, small uh, data sets and how correlation and causation are not the same thing. But I'm going to recommend that you do not buy any more houses. (laughs) Or grow any more legs. (laughs) Because we see see how how churlishly I just spend them away by buying new houses and just letting the legs go. <laughs> God, if only we were like starfish and we could just grow them back. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Really? That would be great. Hey, do you think people tell starfish every time they lose a leg that they say, hey, you should get one of those bionic legs and run a, <laughs> run a marathon when you get back. Is that what people are telling goes, you? Jesus Christ. Like yeah. I was going to do a triathlon before? Get the fuck out of my face. I just want to be able to get to the dryer so I can get the, you know, I can get the, I can put the pillowcases on. Please stop talking to me about the triathlon, the Iron Man. <laughs> I, I, I think you should get those like um, sharp edge blades that the um, female assistant in the Kingsman had where, you know, so, you know, like when there's a no point conversion on or some other ridiculous thing, you can go crazy and start cutting Luke and Andrew up. Yeah, um, yeah. As soon as as soon as uh, my janky insurance comes through for another probably I don't know hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> I'll have those blades. That those would be blades awesome. Be mine. It seems somewhat of an extreme response to the no point conversion, Bob. Well, you know, when you've had to suffer through as many as I've had, <laughs> if they start talking about the waiver process again, then yeah, I'll probably just. Get something sharp and cut my own throat. (laughs) Please don't do that. All right. Well, we're all sad to hear this, and we're sending you our uh, virtual hugs and love for however that much counts. And and I guess we'll just press on with life, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with everyone pressing on with life. You almost had to do it without me this morning anyway, so... Let's let's press on. Right. Let's press Sounds on. Good, but but we're thinking about you, Mike, and yep. uh, you're in our thoughts constantly. Thank you. Whether we want them to to be in our thoughts or or not, <laughs> can't help intrusive it. Intrusive thoughts. <laughs> intrusive. <laughs> so I put a, a note in here. I just want to remind people we are at T minus one week to bingo 
I'm still taking emails from people that want to play TBTL bingo with me. I have about 45 different um, square suggestions, and I think this is going to be so fun. So in case you've forgotten and you haven't gotten around to it yet, uh, tbtlbingo at gmail.com. I think I'll send out all the bingo cards next weekend. And come Monday, the let me pull up my calendar, Monday the 2nd, I think we'll start playing bingo. And it's gonna be. I came up with a catchphrase for the um, for the TBTL bingo. Oh yeah, the LRB bingo. Yeah, um, bingo. Get on your grind. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's it. one that's always irritated me the most. Boy, do I hate that. <laughs> yep, I'm with you on that, Mike. Okay, so now we have the main event for LRB business. Yes, this is why I'm here. That's why I came back. That's right. Because, Bob, you have a box there, correct? Yes, I do. I'm about to slice into it as we speak. One might call it a wagon that is full of loot. That How long ago did this One come? A, a few weeks ago now? About two years ago, oh. yes. No, no. <laughs> no it, was, it was a few weeks ago, and actually I had been corresponding with uh, uh, Monsieur Pape, uh, and um, I said to him, I said, uh, boy, this box, I, I bet the uh, chocolate has melted off the insects from Kyle, Texas. <laughs> and his response was, that's not chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not melted. So you can go ahead and enjoy. Good, good. All right. I am opening it up now, cutting through the top. Hopefully. It's very tightly packed. I, this this was when I was... Um, I had very limited mobility, so I I was making use of some uh, some packaging at hand. Awesome! Oh, this is great! It's Mike's other foot. Thanks, Mike. That's You're welcome. Great. That's not chocolate. No, I noticed that. All right, let me see. Okay, there's all. Kinds when, of- when I forgot my first. Uh, foot chopped off. Meredith sent me a chocolate foot, which was goddamn delicious, by the way. <laughs> All right. Now, I see something that says open last, so we will do that. But yeah. let's see here. <laughs> Some regional delights. Oh, my good. We have from H-E-B, we have Slam Dunkin' O's. Oh, you talked about those. Oh, that is NBA Rookie of the Year. Oh, the, the Tim supports the it, Tim. Duncan. It has all of his accolades all over the box. All it of does. The, it does all in the NBA over his seven times NBA All Defensive Second Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just go on and on. Oh, you can just funny. taste the accolades. <laughs> uh, the second ingredient is cane sugar. Awesome. I love. Really, it. all it is, guys. It's Cheerios and Cocoa Puffs. They're just yeah mixed. yeah yeah yeah. It That's says honey it nut o's with chocolate puff cereal. Yeah, they're and they're that, delicious, and it's just as if you bought those two types of cereal and poured them in a box, and then put all Tim Duncan's accolades all over the box, and then sold it at, at Howard E. Butt Grocery in uh, in Kyle, Texas. In Kyle, Texas. <laughs> and I have I have had two of those two boxes of that myself. I can say, delicious. Awesome. I will I will look forward to it for breakfast. Good. All right, let's see. Oh, my God. I'm looking at Pocky Haunted Ghost Pepper Looks Like Tortilla Chips. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh my God. It says on the back, 
light, crispy, and freaking hot. Witness the haunted ghost pepper, the scariest of them all. These chips will ter- terrify your taste buds. Ours are still hiding under the bed. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that is great. I should say Pakwi, right? P-A-Q-U-I, that's the way to pronounce. Pocky. Pocky, it is Pocky. Okay. All right, what else is coming out of the box? Oh, great, thank you. Uh, a Stubbs barbecue um, uh, coaster to put your uh, TBTL mug on. I have one of those. You missed the show, so. Yeah, I did. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Uh, those are see. smart looking coasters. You got one of those, Anne? Emily got one for me. Remember? <laughs> oh, right. She bought one for you. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because the next thing I pick up is a a little one of these folding um, information packets, and it says "Spiders of Texas: <laughs> A Guide to Common and Notable Species." <laughs> right on the front is a black widow. That's awesome. I, I've uh, I've never seen a black widow down here. I did I did run over a tarantula, and by running over, I meant. I centered my wheels over it so as not to hurt it, and it was almost as big as the car I was driving. <laughs> That's great. I happen to like spiders, so I will find Yeah, this. yeah. And uh, trust me, all those spiders lived in or around our house, as well as many, many other spiders that have yet to be identified. Right. It's like the rainforest. New really? species no, every I, year. I like them because right. they keep the other nasty insects down flies and things like that you know i expect our our home to have a lot of resale value too um uh i forget what they call them entomologists maybe Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. okay the next thing is (laughs) bucky's hill country brand mesquite peppered beef jerky now that's just goddamn delicious. I would eat that right now. Smoke flavor added. Made in Texas from solid strips of beef. I like that. We'll take a break Ready? right now if you want to eat some of that right now. <laughs> no, I think I'll wait. I'll definitely okay. wait on that. I'll definitely wait on that. And what else? Is, boy, you really did pack this uh, type. Oh, wait a minute. Here's a jar. Oh, boy. This is this is the one takesy-backsies that I wish oh, I could. Oh, oh. This is awesome. It's Bucky's Queso Blanco. Uh-oh. Yes, the, the, oh, the, the white queso. Um, this is not your Chipotle queso. This is real Texas white queso from uh, Bucky's, which is the biggest uh, truck stop in America, which I will be taking Jeremy to in a couple uh, days. Wow, that's great. I will queso it up. That is yes. awesome. This is great. If you must eat some of those uh, fire chips, I would wrap them completely in queso or some sort of milk or dairy product before placing one of those chips in my mouth. <laughs> some sort okay. of swaddle of, uh, of, of dairy. That's why. <laughs> and then drink a, a lot of beer. That often helps too. Something. I mean, I, I, I just, I've never had those chips, so be careful. Okay, I will. Uh, ghost peppers are pretty nasty. I know that. Yeah. Um, okay, I've come to the open last. Okay, now the, the open last. Um, this is something. This is a. This is something that um, I needed to get out of my house. Okay. It's something important to the LRB show and our history and the history of myself and my family and the LRB family, myself and my longest 
running co-host Christy Wise and her husband. So I I really felt as I was looking around and getting ready to send this loot crate, I thought, what is a talisman that I really want to pass on to somebody else and who might eventually find another home for it, but it really oh, needs no. to get away from me. So please open it. <laughs> I feel like I have an inkling of what this might be. Yeah, I think you might know. Drum roll, please. Okay, we're opening it up. Boy, you really packed this for the Yeah, I did. I didn't want you getting into that. It's before. precious. <laughs> thought you might uh -oh. send it back. Uh-oh. I see the back. It's a obviously it's a photo in one of those um um photo frames that can stand up. Ah! <laughs> oh, that is a scary picture. This is a picture that used to live in my house. That is a scary picture. And and thankfully no longer lives in my house. Describe the picture, will you, Bob? Well, there is a, a semi-naked man lying on a rug. Or No, no. <laughs> Looks like grass, grass. Lying right. on grass. He's wearing shorts or swim trunks. Um, barely. Barely. He's got something wrapped around him that looks like a, like a Hawaiian shirt or a dress. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I was holding it the wrong way. <laughs> he's lying on a pillow. He's, um, how shall I, he's a man of comfortable proportions, <laughs> I would say. Um, there's some. He's very comfortable with his own body, even if very comfortable be, with his, yeah. Very comfortable with his own body. There's some serious uh, man boobs going on here. Yeah, yeah. Some very serious man boobs. I can't throw stones. I, I mean, I've I've sported those many many years in the past. I've 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 sported some moobs. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, some moob action going on here. Would this be our friend and techno geek with spreadsheet, Jeremy Holmes? Yes, yes. And um, at one point, I'm not sure if it's still going on, but at one point, a crush of my wife's. So that's how the <laughs> That's how the picture got sent in the first place by Christy, my longest running co-host. Thank you, Christy. But uh, but Bob, feel free to display it prominently. I will. If your wife digs it, you know, just make the most of it is what I say. <laughs> I'm um, not. I I I will be diplomatic. I will not say what I think she will think about it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get an honest reaction at some point. Maybe you, you can. You will. You will. I'm right now. I'm setting it up. It, it is a rather disturbing picture, but I'm yeah, going to look at it. There's some shock value. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to look at it through the podcast to uh, keep myself humble. <laughs> and then you can, if you don't mind, set up, well, after we're done, set up your loot crate items, you know, around the picture. And, around and, it, yes. Yeah, and I'll take and a picture it, of it. Send it to us for the, show, for the show picture. Okay, that I will do. Okay. I will definitely do that. Um, and I want to thank you, Mike. Those are our... Great representative things of Texas, and they definitely had the Frizzell touch, and they're very representative <laughs> of you. So awesome! I really awesome. enjoyed it. I'm really glad I got you, Bob. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that, and I will uh, report back on the various uh, cheesy comestibles and other things, and oh, and, and let you I know like, what I, I like. Comestibles. Let's. No one's used a fancy word like that on our show in a long time. I love it. Uh, it I can't 
quote, uh, uh, claim that as original. That's from a Monty Python routine from many years ago. I love it. Well, one thing I know about Jeremy is that his personal motto is skies out, thighs out. <laughs> and I think that picture is is the is the personification of of that motto. So I wish you joy with that, Bob. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that r- would would rhyme with uh, moobs out, but I couldn't think of something mm-hmm. that didn't sound vaguely salacious. So um, anyway, all right, and we should say thank you, Bob, for your hard work helping us to archive oh yeah i forgot that was the point of the whole thing bob (laughs) nice nice archiving here's a picture of my friend's moves (laughs) you sure know how to thank a guy if you had just sent that i would have i would have enjoyed it just that would have been enough that would have been enough just for the (laughs) knock value i'm just so glad it's out of my house that i I can't hear anything else but angels singing All right, for the love of God, let's get to the Week in Review. Oh my God, yes, this has been going on way too long. (laughs) Monday, show number 2470, A Goatee of Deodorant. Luke had what he describes as a, quote, situation, unquote, but when he was getting ready to host this event for the Seattle Symphony, where he nicked his chin shaving uh, quite badly, it sounds, like it bled a lot, and um, of course, this is like 14 minutes before he has to be at the venue because he's not going to give himself any extra time to do anything. So he is in a desperate search to find a solution to this. And the Internet suggested uh, that he apply deodorant or perhaps antiperspirant. I think deodorant stops you from smelling, but antiperspirant stops you from sweating. So it seems like antiperspirant would be the choice here. Mm-hmm. Or maybe chapstick, or maybe cologne to cauterize it, which sounds like a terrible idea to me. Uh, Andrew has to bring up a scene from UHF where Emo Phillips cuts all his fingers off and is bleeding all over the place. And I was just like, gross. Uh, and the the end to this little story was that Luke walked into the event thinking that he had stanched the flow of blood, but he unknowingly had what he refers to as a blood soul patch <laughs> evident on his chin. It sounds like he did a lot of stuff where if from the beginning, if he had just smashed some toilet paper against it and held it, he probably would have been fine. But he was trying like 28 different things and fucking with it so much. You know, when you do get get yourself a little cut like that, pressure yep. is the main thing you want. Yep. That's all you want. Every yeah. time it seemed to slow down, he would touch it, screw around <laughs> with it, and start right. the, the bleeding all over again. Right. It, it, if he had thought about it for a few seconds, uh, after was it aftershave or cologne, something like that? Uh, if he had thought about it, usually those are alcohol-based. Mm-hmm. So throwing that on there wouldn't cauterize it, but it would definitely give him a lot of pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Great. I hope he wiped it off and I hope nobody noticed. Uh, During this conversation, he uses the term swass and Andrew actually makes him go back. He was like, wait, what was that word? And I had the same reaction. Maybe this is a West Coast Pacific Northwest thing, Mike. I've lived both sides of swass. It was they were trying to make it a thing. So mix a lot and Northwest rappers were trying to make it into a thing. But um, I don't think it ever got got past 
uh, Washington, Oregon borders. Swass to me still, having lived through Sir Makes a Lot, still means sweaty ass. So, swass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I thought. It, it seemed seemed more like swamp ass to me. Yeah, it is swamp ass, and yeah, being come on, you're from the Midwest. You know all about swamp ass. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, just July through September. There you go, swamp ass. Uh, so a listener, an anonymous listener who I'm very upset at, tweeted at Luke that she enjoyed them enjoying that Brown's audio thing last week. So he thinks maybe that there are more people who liked it. And I immediately went and opened a Twitter account just so I could tweet at him and say, no, for the love of God, please, no more. No, me and Stu, we loved it. We sent feedback. Um, Luke read our feedback, so we're we're set. It's going to be almost all Brown's radio, <laughs> ancient radio, commercial audio. Okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> we finally chased Baba. You you did it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I must admit when they played that last week, I banged my head against the wall. That was the worst. I I I think we said when we talked about it last week. I could have gone for 15 seconds of it or 20 second clip or whatever, but the whole four minutes of this weird thing. I loved it. I admit it. I must admit it. I loved it because it went nowhere. Um, I loved it because the players they were naming were the most pedestrian players in the world and they were trying to make them into superstars. It was amazing audio. So uh, as as adamant as you all are against, I'm I'm on board. <sighs> like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> and I'm I'm back from outer space and I'm different. <laughs> Let's move on to the top story for Monday in the pre uh, run up to Irma, the some Florida county commissioners had some press conferences to tell Florida residents what they needed to do and they used a uh, an ASL interpreter who uh, did not speak ASL apparently. He has a brother who is deaf, but uh, it is interesting how um, how few family members of deaf deaf people are actually fluent in sign language. I think it's because the deaf people probably are are forced to adapt so much they're to the society. Ones, yeah, they're gonna do all the work. Yep, they have to yeah. learn how to lip read and figure it all out. So, so their family isn't necessarily required to do that. That's very interesting. But he did his best. Uh, except that there were frequent signs for pizza and bear monster. I think those well, are probably useful to know. St- storm after storm are coming at us. We need to learn how to differentiate between these all these storms. And if if I if I can think Irma and then I just think pizza and bear monster, at least I've got that one straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe they can name them like Hurricane Pizza and Hurricane Bear Monster. Yeah, I would remember that a lot more than Harvey and Irma. It's like, which one was that? Oh, <laughs> Bear Monster. Yeah, I remember that one. God damn. It was a lot scarier than pizza. I don't know the usefulness of Bear Monster, but pizza is very useful. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think someone on the Stens page was saying that um, pizza looks a lot like travel, Except that pizza is like mm-hmm. a top-down motion and travel is a bottom-up um, motion. And they were and trying so, to tell people to get the hell out. Yeah. Instead of telling them to order pizza. Order pizza. That's <laughs> unfortunate. And then he did a bunch of King Tuts. And then it was... 
by by the way, do you know that this was one of the questions on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this week? This oh, particular topic. The bear monster? Yeah. Yeah, the 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 sign guy. Mm-hmm. The, the American Sign Language guy getting it. The signy guy. The signy guy, right. The signy guy always gets it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Speaking of our, our favorite wait, wait correspondent, uh, Luke thinks that he could have done a better job than this guy if he were using mm. charades instead of sign language. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead and think Dictionary. that, Luke. <laughs> and, and this is an example of somebody who was getting in over his head, but failed. Uh, Andrew wants to know why not just close caption uh, the press conference and they were talking about the problems of captioning things live. I don't know, Mike, you have that uh, broadcast journalism background. Could they have closed captioned this? You can you can close caption anything you want. It's just a level, if you're talking about, um, if you can't even get a guy who can sign it, try to get someone who can close caption it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, true. <laughs> you can't even get a volunteer to not talk about bear monsters and pizzas. I mean... <laughs> trying to produce a closed caption. I mean, I watch sports and then a lot of times Emily will leave the closed captioning on because she watches British shows and she doesn't quite understand what they're saying sometimes. And I hate it because they get every fucking thing wrong. You know, all the names are wrong, all the phrasing's wrong. Closed captioning will piss you off worse than, you know, dude doing the the King Tut strut across the stage (laughs) miming pizza delivery. (laughs) well and i think it came about i don't remember how developed the story was when luke and andrew were talking about it but wasn't it that uh, they they did have a a trained asl interpreter uh, like hired reserved and then they canceled the request for one so it was just sort of a weird inexplicable decision to do this and then they thought oh shit maybe we really do need somebody and um I feel bad for this guy because clearly he was just doing the best he could and felt like he had no other options. And then Andrew spends way too much time looking at ASL online and trying to figure out what sign looks like pizza. <laughs> this is not a good use mm. of our time, Andrew. And uh, and Luke wants to know, why did this guy even agree to do the second press conference if he knew that he screwed it up so thoroughly for the first Straight cash, homie. Come yep. on, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, Andrew, uh, going on uh, on the theme of when you get in over your head, Andrew tells this wonderful story about Genevieve's childhood piano recital, for which she just didn't really practice. And she, mm-hmm. she somehow thought that it would just come to her at the time. And when it became evident as she was on stage that that wasn't going to happen, she just stopped and said, I'm sorry, I do not know this song. And walked off, which is fantastic. I, I know yeah. I, my comment that I had wrote down on 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 the show sheet was V has cojones. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. To just to say sorry, this isn't going to happen, and leave. And and Luke says, and I think I probably agree with him that this is fine because nobody cares about anybody else's kid right. in the recital that's, performance. <laughs> that's two and a half to three and a half minutes spared. For everyone. Uh, then he brings up his story again uh, about the honors English class that he took and the hundred year project that he did where he had to learn to play guitar and his classmate Brendan, who did a similar thing to Vives, who just procrastinated and thought that he would be able to fake his way through it and how incredibly 
incredibly embarrassing it was for everybody involved. And you um you inadvertently said um a hundred year oh. project to learn guitar, <laughs> which as soon as you said it, I was like, I still couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I still couldn't do it. Took me like five years to learn how to play a snare drum. So yeah, me against the guitar. No, I'm smashing it against the staircase. So you think maybe Brendan did practice that it just wasn't going to happen? It just wasn't going to take. Yeah, I, I could. You, I could stare at a guitar. It could stare back at me for a hundred years, and we would never, we would never learn how to play each other. Uh, we got a throw your phone on the subject from Ellen, who said, was Luke joking or gaslighting us when he said he couldn't remember if he'd told the 100-hour story before? Because, of course, he has told that story a number of times. And she goes on to say, the part about getting kicked out of Honors English but staying and getting the idea of going to college was really fascinating, though. You can see how Luke's entitled etiquette has also helped him to overcome class barriers. That was a new dazzling deet for that story about how he had never really really even considered going to college before until he mm-hmm. went to this how did he even get into an honors english class but until he was in this environment with all these other kids who uh, for whom going to college was just like a matter of course it was just going to happen and it got him thinking about those things and that is pretty good that he got tossed out of the class and he was just like whatever and, and came back and kept taking it i like that a lot yeah Probably some cute girls in there. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Cynic in me says that. Then Luke wants to know what would he do, what would Andrew do if one of them freaky Friday'd into an Olympic skater? Um, would you try to fake the performance? And Andrew's like, No, I don't I don't care. I'm just leaving the ice or I think he said he was going to crawl off the ice on his hands and knees because he wasn't even going to try for that because yeah. it would just be so ridiculous. Uh, and then they ponder, where does Michelle Kwan go when he body swaps into her? Where does her consciousness go? Does she just end up in, in the body of a, a 40-year-old Straight podcaster? to the QFC. <laughs> Straight to the QFC, looking at looking at her app, seeing where the sausages are. Yeah. Oh, we had another um, one of my favorite throw your phone moments from Alicia on this. And she says the perfect example of Luke's sense of reality was when he was talking about quantum leaping into a figure skater's body and described it as, quote, pretty unlikely, unquote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it did. I mean, reading reading this in the notes and also remembering them talking about this, it made me think. Uh, yeah, if I quantum leapt into those, I would just drop straight to the ice and there'd just be some torso on the ice and people would be like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> be yeah. like the worst moment in Olympic history. I, I think there are a lot of things that you might be able to fake for a few minutes, but Olympic quality figure skating is not one of those things. Michelle Kwan would be sitting here contemplating taking opiates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Very strongly. She'd have a rig out and she'd be ready to like check herself out. <laughs> Let's move on to a more uh, a more positive story about someone who gets sure. in over their head. Uh, this guy, Stanislav Petrov, which I hadn't heard of and apparently was the thing. Nobody ever heard of him. Averted a nuclear war early in the 1980s when he um, correctly identified what I called a nuclear false positive, where everybody else thought that these were, in fact, bombs coming for wherever in the Soviet Union. He was like, mm, nah, I don't think so. 
And Luke is very amazed that he just, quote, flipped a coin, unquote, to make the decision. And I would argue that's not what he did at all. It wasn't that he just totally guessed. He had experience with the machines and knowledge about how it worked. And he felt that that was a situation where uh, that was not a true representation of what was happening. Now, it was a guess, but it wasn't like a 50-50 coin flip, Luke, by which we avoided nuclear annihilation. I imagine there was some sort of um, delicious thumb on the scale, like he just tucked into a nice uh, bag of chips and some queso blanco, and, right. and the thing started going right. off, and he's like, uh, pro- it's probably nothing. I just Can I just continue my break here for a little while? And then as his break went on, he was enjoying his chips, he started getting more and more convinced it was just a bunch of bullshit, so he just ignored right. it. Right, yeah. Maybe he just hit the snooze button. For a while, so he could yeah, finish like his the delicious chips. lunch button. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying, or lower, or like you know, he's taking a particularly wonderful bathroom break or something. You know, he's really, he's really getting something off of his <clears throat> plate, and and he's like, I, and all the things start going off, and he's like, I could pull up my pants and run over there and see what's going on, but it's and we're into nothing. poop talk again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, he he made a pretty good educated guess about this because he noticed there were only five missiles indicated on the um, on his computer display and he thought that if it was truly an attack there'd be a much bigger spread of targets mm-hmm. targeted and many more missiles so he thought that was a little that kind of tipped him off as being a little suspicious as he licked his fingers <laughs> As he licked a queso off the uh, yeah. the big red button, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just messed up the button. I can't press that button. <laughs> it's Wipe sticky. it very carefully. <laughs> so Luke says, "Imagine that you averted nuclear holocaust, and you can't talk about it because obviously he's going to want to tell everybody if he averted World War Three, and he." Uh, tells Carrie every tiny detail of his day and his conversations mm-hmm. on TBTL. And Andrew agrees uh, that he does that too, that he quite often says to Vives, did you see what I tweeted today? Oh, <laughs> patient women. <laughs> uh, emails for the day, we get one from uh, Justina on the pronunciation uh, kilbasa kilbasi, which she says is singular versus plural, which was a great and simple explanation, I thought. And then there was a bunch of other pr- Polish pronunciation stuff that I, I just couldn't quite follow. And um, uh, Luke is interested in Andrew's Polishness and if that played a big part in his life. And Andrew says, well, in the food, for sure. <coughs> Cough, sausage. And um, mm. and then Luke wants to know, why did we make so many Polish jokes in the 80s? Why was it a thing? And it was it was just a thing, I guess. And Bob, you had a really great note on this email. Uh, yes, um, Justina, who's uh, she's going to kill me for for butchering this because I think she does listen to LRB. Justina was Justina Badzuich, I think was her maiden name. Uh, she was a student at Upper Darby High School when I taught there. And as I like to say, I was taught the sweat hogs. I wouldn't be teaching somebody like Justina. It was very bright. Uh, I we corresponded for a little bit, and she she is now an engineer. And her husband is a scientist and she has two grown kids who are in the sciences, which makes me very happy and also makes me feel very old. 
Do you feel very old or are you very old? Both. (laughs) (laughs) That is very cool. I love that. Generations of TBTL listeners. There you go. Yep. Uh, We have another email. uh, This one from Zach, who goes over what Bobby went over in our recap last week about why Wall Kill is named Wall Kill, because kill means creek in Dutch. And he also has a note uh, that Lifter Puller did not become semi-sonic. They became the Hold Steady. And Luke is appropriately embarrassed, given how he feels about the Hold Steady. At this point in the show, I made a note that Professor Bananas is banging on Andrew's door, which I think is really cute. But that uh, takes Luke into a comment about how they found out that there's a coyote that's been roaming around Bellingham. And they're just like, well, I hope Olive doesn't get eaten. They're not going to take any steps to ensure her safety from this roaming coyote. I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, let's go through the no-point conversion pretty quickly. The Seahawks won, but the offense still sucked. And Luke wants to know, uh, since they've had relatively few personnel changes in the lineup, why are they kind of bad now? And he thinks that they're much better when they have a running game that's working. And he has a, quote, weird hunch, unquote, that they'll just start clicking. Yeah, his hunch is, yeah, it's always like, we're going to beat them 100 to nothing. That's my hunch. That's, that's <laughs> just, you're a fan. It's not a hunch. And I would like to say, I know that you Seahawks fans love it, but Legion of Boom is a stupid name. It just is. It's it is. True. You're trying too hard on that one. Uh, then they talk about Marshawn Lynch for a while, and Andrew is really kind of sad that Marshawn is so happy with the Raiders, I guess. He wants him to be successful. He has nothing against him, but it still sort of makes him sad. Like Marshawn is his ex-girlfriend or something. And the Browns lost disappointingly. That's not news. And Andrew is sort of back to reality a little bit about what he can expect from the Browns this year. Mm -hmm. This year and every year. Uh, They bounce over to some Mariners talk. They're, They're done on the Mariners. And... Uh, Luke thinks that Felix being hurt was because he just wasn't in very good shape and that as he gets older, he won't be able to adjust to the fact that he's not 24 and a massive stallion, I guess, anymore. Mm-hmm. He won't be able to pitch with, I don't know, would you say a brain, Mike? you got to use more brains when you get older and your body starts to break down a little bit when you're a pitcher, right? right? Brains, trickery, treachery. You know, and he he always has been a little bit out of shape here and there throughout his career. But he also has pitched a fuck ton of innings. So yep. that's you're gonna you're just gonna slow down. Yep. But he's getting to the point where he's not gonna be able to just blow a pitch by the hitter anymore. So he's no. gotta gotta learn how to paint those corners. And I learned that we like Mike Zunino now. And why that happened, I don't know because we were pretty hard on Mike Zunino at the beginning of the season. He hit the home run while they were in Albuquerque. Oh, that turned oh, everything around? Right yeah. <laughs> and uh, so. since the Mariners are out of it, Luke's going to root for the Twins. And that's fine by me. And I think that's enough for Monday. All right, Tuesday, 2471, a feedback loop of appreciation. Luke is en route to the Circle City, Indianapolis. Uh, Andrew went to the Sausage Fest, which we gather is called the... The worst of Wallingford. <laughs> I Wallingford's like it. worst. 
I yeah, because it, it comes with so much fun in the name. You know, do your worst. You know, mm-hmm. um, worst of the worst. You know, that's the one the sausage that wins. You know, it's the worst of the worst. But uh, unfortunately for Andrew, he has a belly full of Anthony Bourdain recommended fish, which sounds way better than sausage to me. I would love to try that fish <laughs> rather than this random street sausage in Wallingford. Well, that's not how Andrew do. No, and I'm sure he would have, if given given the choice, he probably would have done the worst fest, and then because he knows that that Bourdain fish is waiting for him anytime. Uh, he feels weird about visiting schools because of the long gaps in his life between going to schools because he chose not to have children. I guess he was in a school the other day and he felt out of place because he hadn't been there in so long or whatever. I think he's overthinking this one. Yes. I think. Yep. As usual. It is weird when you go back to your, your elementary school or your junior high school and you feel like a giant mm-hmm. or whatever. But other than that weird feeling, it's, it's a school, you know, it's there for the, there for the kids, your kids, not your kids. Doesn't really matter. Not weird at all. Uh, and then Luke asked the obvious question about kids, which um, I'm glad he does it every time because I think we're all thinking it like, so you really checked out on kids, but, you know, he really does seem to connect sometimes with little kids, especially girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I, I don't want to be the, one of those stupid people who says, oh, it's a shame he never had any kids because I never had any kids either, but... Um, and, and I like kids and I would have had no problem having kids. It wasn't like a, some big lifestyle choice I made with my girlfriend of 17 years. It was, you know, I'm a rambling man. So it just never (laughs) happened for this, for the seventies cowboy. Um, I, Andrew gave a surprisingly frank answer too it's like he didn't he didn't want no boys <laughs> he just he didn't want a sticky house well not all boys are sticky some boys are sticky some girls are sticky yeah yeah i said they're batting average on boys probably including boys up to 22 23 and sometimes well past that 63 65 yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just, uh, we're, we're the stickier sex, as it were. Um, the daddy-daughter stuff does get to a lot of us dudes. Bob, how do you feel about about that? Does 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 a daddy-daughter ad get to you more than a daddy-son ad? Or? No, nah, any any parent-child ad will get to me. It gets you? Uh, it, yeah, because I, I don't have kids, and... Um, it's been one of the regrets of my life because mm-hmm. like you, I like kids. I like interacting with them and I get a lot of fun out of uh, being around them. And uh, so whenever I see that, it, it kind of makes me feel a little wistful. Yeah, I think I, I feel the same way. Um, having had some experience with a, uh, a stepdaughter, you know, from like two to six or whatever, any stuff with little girls. Oh, God, just the waterworks. Starts. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's the whole, it's the whole, it, it sets in motion however much regret the commercial is skillful enough to set in motion, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like if it's a shitty commercial, I'm like, eh. But if it's, if it's really well done, you're like, oh my God, 
I should have had 25 kids. What am I doing? I need to go work at the orphanage right now. <laughs> well, it, but but at least you don't go out and buy the product, whatever it is. No, I, it's always a Subaru. So, um, <laughs> in a box car. <laughs> so the the tangent goes to uh, men and their sons, um, especially back in the day when you would have the Pinewood Derby. You saw, I think. Bob, I'm glad you're on. Didn't it used to be a soapbox derby before it was a pine wood derby? Didn't it, people used to carve the cars out of soapboxes and then it became carved out of blocks of pine? I think that was it. I think it was initially it 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 it, it was the soapbox derby. But I remember when I by the time I participated in it as a little kid, it was a a, a pine wood derby. Yeah, and you know we were given these blocks of pine and had to carve something out, which of course your dad did. <laughs> yeah, my dad did it. And he wasn't that great at that shit. So I didn't either was my father. <laughs> yeah. So we were we didn't finish in the money. <laughs> Nowhere near the money. No. That's all right. Prepared me for a lifetime of of uh of of losing. So um Scouts. Obviously you you tried out the Scouts. I I did uh Cub Scouts, never made it to Boy Scouts. How far did you get, Bob? Uh, I was the same thing. I was Cub Scouts and didn't make it to Boy Scouts either. Um, mm-hmm. I And uh, mixed feelings about that, but basically I don't think I would have done real well at that time in my life in that. No, I was terrible with my hands and with projects and with science and with out, you know all that stuff. And plus I thought the kids that were in that thing were kind of weird. I didn't like them. So uh, it was a bad combination for me. So I got out of there pretty fast. I liked. I mean, everyone likes getting badges or whatever. But then, you get a badge for for fire building or whatever, and then people think you can do it when you actually can't. You know? <laughs> yeah, you get these. Yeah, these. Uh, uh, you could call them imposter badges, right? Right, you, right. <laughs> you can't really do the skill you got the badge for. I know that would have been me. I didn't. Wasn't particularly. I liked science, but I wasn't particularly good with my hands. It'd be like uh, having having uh, you know the uh, marine biologist badge when you're George Costanza, you know, you're standing out there. <laughs> it's like I'm a fraud. I'm not a marine biologist. Uh, and you ever having experience with any of these organizations? I'm really not a joiner. So you didn't do brownies, Girl Scouts, nope. any of that BS. Nope, nope. I Good just wanted to be you. left alone in my room to read. Well, you learned how to bake, so... Yes, I did. You didn't need to do anything else for the world. <laughs> Those Minnesota cookies, I can still taste them. So good. Uh, our parents doing all these projects uh, for us. I, yeah, I I didn't get a lot of that in my childhood. I didn't solicit a lot of that. It sounds like Luke um, Luke was very clever about getting his dad to do all of, mm-hmm. all of them. <laughs> that doesn't surprise us, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. But um, I kind of like doing those awful science projects because I like to look on the teacher's face when you know, I'd bring in some atrocity in a shoebox or whatever. <laughs> what the fuck have you been doing with your time? What is this? What is this supposed to be? Luke got some uh, top story. Luke got some business cards. I don't understand what he's doing here. Oh, my God. Did you look at the show picture? 
I I've not I think I've seen that picture before, but oh yeah, it's it's the famous one where he's just gotten up after he broke his nose and he's all bloody and he's got bedhead and he's looking at the camera, still and drunk. And he doesn't have does he doesn't have a shirt on? Nope. Am I right in that? Nope, no shirt. And he put that on a business card. And he put it on a business card. So <sighs> he does want the title of bad boy. <laughs> Of public, public radio. radio. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay, so is this the best business card idea or the worst? Because if you want to be memorable and stand out, well, this is going to do the trick. If you want to get hired by, like, reputable news organizations, this is a terrible idea. I, I think if he wanted to, if he was shopping it around for, like, a morning zoo program, very appropriate. But for, uh, like, the host of Livewire or something like that, not so good. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of this idea, but we'll see how it goes. He's, he sounds like he's already kind of chickening out yeah. of handing them out. So maybe they'll end up in the drawer with the brick phone. The real top story, American diplomats in Cuba are getting sick from sound waves. I don't know how that's happening. Are they driving by? Are they... Like I don't know. Do you? I don't think anybody knows yet. Uh, yeah, they haven't figured it out. Uh, I know that they have the the Cuban government is actually involved trying to solve this. So that tells you they. I don't think they were involved. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty gross and and super villainy and awful. And I'm not sure they did, really didn't have any much anything much to say about not it really on the show either. Other than this is bad. This is bad. Uh, Luke is no Lee Cowan, who I guess is a super smooth host of CBS this morning, but he's cool with it. Um, it sounds like the, uh, Carrie made a comment that he looked like Bobby Hill and he's been really obsessed with that ever since. Yeah. And I, it is a hurtful thing to say. I think, um, my friend, big country who we've had on, uh, LRB before from that, that, I uh, did time with in, in Sheridan, FCI Sheridan in Oregon. Um, when, King of the Hill first came on. We were watching it uh, in jail, and I said, "Hey, look, little country," because the <laughs> Bobby Hill looked like a <laughs> tiny version of big country, and it really hurt his feelings. And I had to back off it eventually. And so um, I think Carrie might have to apologize for this Bobby Hill thing. Yeah, um, Luke is incubating that one in the black really recesses is. of his heart for sure. He really is. You know. It, if you look on the spreadsheet that shows the accounting of Luke's transgressions, excuse me, transgressions versus Carrie's, I think she should get a pass on this one. That's true. Yeah, she just backed over the planner box of his heart. <laughs> looks like Bobby Hill. Well, Luke is very much <laughs> fretting with this whole Lee Cowan thing about how how surprised people are that he's the correspondent. He's the talent, right? Yeah. yeah right. And they think that he's just going to be a, a sound guy. But my advice to him for that is if you want people to know that you're the talent, don't show up wearing your jeans and your gingham shirt and your vans because you want to look all cool and hip because the talent mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Lee Cowan does not show up wearing jeans and vans. Well, sometimes he wears jeans, I think. And by the way, Lee Cowan is not, 
that great looking. I mean, he's very attractive, but he's not necessarily handsome. He's quite weathered and rugged. He's, I mean, he's got a good head of hair, which I'm sure Luke is jealous of, and he's very tall and lean, but mm-hmm. he's not like a classically handsome guy. So I I don't know. He's the Sam Elliott of CBS? Sure. <laughs> Without the mustaches. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so we get an email um, that puts a name, a Japanese name, to the urge to poop while in a bookstore or while in some place you're not supposed to be. I don't know. Um, I, we don't need to go too far into this into this um, poop stuff unless y'all had any uh, anecdotes on that. I don't. I don't. I don't get those specific urges to place. Oh well, it is a thing, but I, I'm sure it is. Other than that. No. Okay. Well, then uh, then I'm done with Tuesday for sure. All righty. Wednesday, number 2472. Paint me yellow and take me to the Circle City. So uh, good old Luke is in Indianapolis working on a story for CBS Sunday morning. And a, a kind of minor throw your phone moment for me is he mentions that he got, he was like not happy or not thinking positive things about Indianapolis, because he got behind a group of conventioneers that he imagines, of course, is from a farm equipment and convention. And he was not pleased with it, this in, until he discovered Fountain Square, which is full of cool shops and restaurants, thus confirming uh, Luke's uh, self-view as a hipster and kind of coming off as a bi-coastal elitist. Um, have to admit, I've been in similar situations to this and thought those things, but I've kind of like tamped down those feelings, realizing that they don't reflect reality and are not exactly rational. So, but my reaction was to Luke was, come on, (laughs) at least recognize your a-holeness in making these snap judgments instead of like putting it out there as if this were fact. The truth is that we all have those moments, right, where you make that snap judgment. But the key is to go, now, wait a minute. That's not right. Or I should be saying that. But to just assume that it's fact that, yeah, he should have told everybody why exactly that was wrong. But he just made an assumption. He just did. He went on letting us think that he's a cool hipster or whatever. (laughs) Anyway... Andrew admits that he has a story about his lunch today that may be a hot dog story. Luke didn't realize that Indianapolis is three hours ahead, being on Eastern Daylight Time. So he got his all his timing screwed up and calling Andrew and Andrew wasn't there and calling Carrie and Carrie wasn't there until he figured that out. Um, Andrew, throughout the show, had some great throwaway lines. I, I was laughing hysterically throughout this particular episode. Uh, one of them was when uh, Luke called him Mr. Hot Dogger, and he came back with, please, Mr. Hot Dogger is my father. Yeah, oh, that was Andrew. good. That was great. I I just chortled a lot about that one. Um, basically, uh, it, Luke's doing this story for CBS Sunday Morning about a uh, park that overlooks a freeway. Um, Luke goes into the various details about it, um, you know, that 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 it has to be called a viewpoint, not a park, because it belongs to the federal highway system. And therefore, if it was a park, they couldn't exercise eminent domain over it. Um, They'd have to clean the shitters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
he mentions uh, that um, the fellow who came up with this idea, a man named Tom Batista, um, grew up in the area and wanted to kind of like mark his the fact that during I guess this must have been during the 1960s or 70s when they were building freeways through like working class and poor neighborhoods, you know, and how they had destroyed those areas, wanted to kind of memorialize that. But the dazzling deed about this guy is he is the stage manager for Jimmy Buffett, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Luke finds out that Indianapolis is an open carry alcohol town. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Must have made him happy. <laughs> Doesn't make me want to uh, walk around it, that's for sure. But uh, Andrew makes a joke about um, uh, Jimmy Batista doing uh, – uh, no, Tom Batista, excuse me, doing coke – Cane off a cheeseburger's butt, and I put down crickets because Luke didn't react to it, and it was a pretty lame joke, but that's okay. Luke, in this same spirit, mentions that Livewire offered him a suggestion to do a second show where he can drink while he's doing the show, and he recognizes that this is probably not a good idea, Mm-mm. and Andrew uh, comes up that with the thought that he already has a show. It's called TBTL. And my comment was, that's a pretty good spoof. It was a good spoof. And and (laughs) I wouldn't mind if they both had some cocktails once in a while. Go ahead. No, absolutely not. That never bothers me. I think that it's evidence of Luke's newfound maturity that he realizes that doing live wire drunk may not be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. He's come. So he's come a long way in, in, in how well he does it. You know, let's not backtrack. Exactly, exactly. And he's quite good at being the host at Live Wire. Mm-hmm, I've, yeah. I, I've enjoyed that. Don't um, fuck with that job. <laughs> Stop yes. fucking with that job. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep it keep it clean, Lou. Keep it clean. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Oh yes. I had to mention this. Donors of the day, there was lots of tangents. Luke talks about calling names at big donor event and worrying about getting them wrong, his shaving accident. And when they come to the uh, donors in Boise, they go off on a tangent about that. And my comment is, these boys need Ritalin. The ADHD index has gone up to 11. They do, especially on the donors of the day lately. They've been terrible about getting through them. It takes like 15 to 20 minutes. I know. I know. I don't understand it. It's like... Well, I have a comment later on, so I'll leave it for that. Um, The top story, of course, is the mad pooper of Colorado Springs. Nope. Uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. My my thoughts, though, you'll you'll see in a minute. Um, Luke says, heading back to Feces Town, which I laughed at, which, of course, immediately made me think of Guy Fieri's uh, Flavor Town, (laughs) which was somewhat disturbing (laughs) when I thought about that. Um, uh, You know, this... This woman has been crapping on this one family's lawn, um, and I wondered why they didn't mention that the you know made a joke about the family's last name was Buddy, as mm-hmm. in butt, or sounded like that. Maybe it was Buddy, but I, I wasn't too sure. Howard E. Butt. Howard E. Butt. <laughs> there you go. Uh, people have uh, called in and. Um, 
said that she, this woman has also been seen pooping outside a Walgreens, I think, or a, one of these other stores. And uh, they speculate on, uh, on the motivation and they think this woman has some kind of psychological problem, compulsion or something that's making her do this. Um, uh, they talk about, you know, local TV always having these like random people, uh, randos, as they say, making comments that have, you know, really add nothing to the story. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, once again, says, thanks, rando, rando Calrissian. Another that pretty good, good spoof. <laughs> uh, they come up with uh, names that they should have called her like um, the public pooper and DEFCON 5, which was Andrew's. I thought that was pretty good. The runny runners. Okay, so let me break this down. Mature Bob thinks, let's dial back on the poop stories. This is getting too obsessive and disgusting. We've had a little enough about this. However, immature Bob said, lady poop jogger. (laughs) And so I was kind of fascinated and disgusted at the same time with this. When the anchor in the story mentions the smear campaign, and wow. Andrew goes, come on, and Luke laughs, uh, me too. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Gross. Bob, yes, I I'm know. disappointed I know. in you. <laughs> I know. I know. The, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, one could make a, a case about the coarsening of society that these things end up coming – on to the local news and uh, into Facebook feeds. Uh, but I think we all really, really need to like um, stop the poop stories. It's been a little bit too much. Interestingly enough, if I can interject, I was digging around Absolutely. in the archives for an unrelated reason. And I was listening to a little bit of show number 500, where Uh Luke and Jen are talking about how they're kind of amazed to make it, that they've made it to show 500. And Luke is asking Jen what she thinks that they should do in order to make it to a thousand shows. And she says, maybe dial back the poop stories a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Though, okay, I'm going to break my thoughts about this or, or, not my promise or change the, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Anyway, I, I'm going to tell my own poop story because I actually phoned this into the voicemail line. I was kind of surprised the guys didn't use it. So yeah. uh, if anybody, um, if they do use it, don't tell them that it was on LRB first. Um, I was uh, part of a touring folk group, uh, kind of an Appalachian clogging group. You I too? was one of the, <laughs> yes, believe it or not. Yes, me too. That's Mike's goal, not to run the triathlon. But to be in an Appalachian clogging group, yes, with his uh, uh, prosthetics. That mm-hmm. would actually be pretty interesting, I think. I think that would sound pretty cool. But um, uh, we were in England, and we were doing a tour of these various folk festivals. And, and we were in Salisbury. We were also doing some sightseeing. And we were there to see the cathedral, amongst other things. And we stopped into this little breakfast place. And up on, there was like a menu board. And it was like uh, the Monty Python routine with what's for breakfast, you know, 
the the eggs and beans and toast, eggs, beans and ham on toast, eggs, beans, whatever, tomato, you know, they do that kind of thing. Well, you know, it was the kind of thing. So I had myself a typical English fried breakfast. Uh Uh-oh. And so we go into Salisbury and my intestines all of a sudden said, uh, no, thank you. So I needed a bathroom pronto. So the only thing nearby was the, the local bus station. So I go bolting in there, barely get my pants down. And uh, let's just say it was volcanic. <laughs> Jesus. And after I was done feeling much better, I looked at the um, uh, toilet paper dispenser and realized that there was none in there. And I thought, oh boy. So I hiked my pants up enough so I wasn't exposing myself and kind of ducked, walked into the other stalls Mm -hmm. trying to find toilet paper. No toilet paper. So I went, sat back down on the toilet I'd originally been in, thought about what my options were, and there weren't many. So finally, I grabbed my wallet, opened it up, looked inside, closed it, opened it up again took out one 10-pound note and two one-pound notes (laughs) and proceeded to clean myself. And uh, so at the time, the pound was worth about $2.50. This was back in 1980. I would have used my frequent amputee card to do some detail. I wish I had something like that. So that was basically a $30 poop. Yeah. And uh, I didn't tell my touring group members and I haven't related that story much, uh, though I'm way more comfortable with it now so I can relate that. But I thought that with all these various silly poop stories that have been floated around lately that they would have read that one. But uh, I thought that was a good one to share. So did you fire those into the toilet and flush them or or did you put them in the trash for somebody just way more desperate and ambitious? Uh, I fired them into the toilet. I didn't okay. want to... Uh, <laughs> Didn't want to share the wealth, as it were. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so enough with that. Um, Going on to the second top story, which was about uh, Chipotle being in trouble because uh, they had pinned their hopes on coming up with this new queso. And they made it out of real cheese as opposed to the uh, petroleum product stuff that uh, most of us eat when we eat queso that comes out of the can, which Luke mentions. He said, open a can of that at any football party and it'll be gone, which is true. Mm -hmm. And Luke says that um, this perhaps worked against the company because of the amount of press was given on social media and therefore – I can't remember what company was it Standard and Poor who was rating Chipotle or whatever downgraded them because of this particular uh, um, choice of theirs to make. And Luke said that you know before the internet, before social media, um, this wouldn't have happened. Andrew points out, I think correctly, that it works both ways, and he cites the uh, Jack in the Box uh, tacos that are actually not very good, but because it kind of blew up on social media and the wall street journal grabbed it has become kind of this, uh, moneymaker for them. I think they both make, um, pretty good, uh, point about this. Uh, but I do think that social media had some role in affecting, uh, how people see this and affecting uh, Chipotle's bottom line. A lot of tangents here. 
Luke goes off about the tangent about eating hard-boiled eggs in public. Uh, about uh, I think that was the one where he was uh, eating uh, an egg in the uh, Alaska Airlines uh, priority lounge. And uh, the lady gave him, somebody gave him the side eye about that. Oh, man. Yeah, all he's doing is slicing an egg in half and putting <laughs> some salt or some hot sauce on it and eating it. And he's not inside an airplane, so fuck off, lady. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit much, yes. Yeah. The way I looked at it, it was, did he come and sit down next to a lady who was minding her own business and then open up his stinky eggs? Or was he just sitting there doing his egg thing and she sat next to him and then gave him the stink eye? Because I might feel a little bit differently about it if I knew which way that transpired. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> if he shoved his eggs all up in her business, then yeah, give him the side eye. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Andrew draws Luke off on another tangent about what the ideal breakfast is. And Luke goes off on a tangent about working with a radio. Or no, Andrew does. Goes off on another tangent about working with the radio host who uh, ate eggs in the studio. Um, as I said before, I thought guy, the guys made great points about the Chipotle story. Um I have to do a little, uh, I think we should start a new segment whenever I'm on. It's called Old Man Stein Yells at Clouds. <laughs> and um, in my younger days, I would gleefully, if not, if guiltily, uh, consume the kind of food that these guys eat, although much more sporadically than they do. I can no longer really do this very much. And um, this is no comment on the stuff you gave me, Mike. I will enjoy it. I'll just have to kind of stretch it out a little bit. And share. Uh, and share, yes. I'll have to see if the my 11 will like this stuff. My, uh, uh, I have a little bit of acid reflux. So, you know, these heavy fat foods don't go down real well. I have to kind of manage that. And also my just changing tastes and various health issues. So it's it's hard for me to imagine eating like this, even though I did it one time. So whenever I hear them do this, I'm, it always gives me pause because I really can't eat like this. And I think about them eating like this and about, you know, that what it's doing to their health. And it always worries me a little bit. <laughs> Andrew is going to die of a coronary. We just have to accept that. Yeah. And he's, he seems to be wanting to go that way, I think. <laughs> it's just very strange. Anyway, Andrew tells his... Uh, uh, salad story uh, mentions he can't find salad bars in Seattle. Uh, didn't like the fact that the QFC and University Village uh, would would have made the salad for him. So he tries to create the experience at home. The only weird thing, he was kind of ashamed to ask for where the hard boiled eggs were. I didn't quite get that. So and I know, strange. Yeah, that uh, that kind of bothered me. Um, Luke asks him what the uh, the MVV, the most valuable vegetable of his salad is. And Andrew likes broccoli because it absorbs the dressing. Luke likes black olives. Um, while this story was potentially hot doggy and boring, I found it compelling. I guess the way Andrew talked, he kind of built it up well. It was a good exercise in storytelling. So I found it interesting. The thing that grabbed me was here's a guy who's so – laissez-faire about his diet and and is also kind of bland in his food preferences. Um, he was so meticulous about and on this 
kind of quest to get this perfect salad. So the juxtaposition of those two things was fascinating to me. I wrote down salad talk. Cool story, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think, Mike? Uh, I think I'd gone night-night by the time the the salad talk wrapped up. Because I have no memory of this email that I'm looking at right here. I the thing that I really I was delighted by in this discussion is Andrew's pronunciation of the word cauliflower. Like right. how he says roller coaster, he said cauliflower and I thought that was just delightful. Oh yeah, yeah, he's 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 exposing his uh, North Ohio roots there, mm-hmm. I guess. I I really like that. I always I love regional accents and it's great to hear him keep his. The email of the day uh was actually uh, quite interesting. It was an email from a listener, uh, Jen, and it was kind of referring uh, to the uh, Florida Sign Language guy. And she had a somewhat similar experience where she had to go out and wing it. Turns out her father was the one of the original cast members of Up With People. And uh, they had a reunion concert in Colorado somewhere, Breckenridge, Colorado, I think, or something like that. And uh, her father, uh, uh, her parents, I, I guess she is, is Native American. And her father was the more or less token Native American in, in the group. And he had done this thing where, unbeknownst to her, he sang and he also did uh, a kind of Native American sign language thing, which was kind of like a dance. And this was done solo. So she was asked, because his, her father is now deceased, she was asked to participate in the um, in this concert and this reunion show. And she figures that, all right, she'll just stand in the corner and do the, you know, cigar store Indian thing with her uh, arms folded. But then she finds out that she's going to have to uh, sing and they give her the sheet music, which I, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think she could read it um, and do this dance. So she finally convinces him that she won't sing, but she will do the sign language thing. And she goes up on stage and then kind of like blanks out. She just can't remember anything. And she said her sister said, who was in the audience was watching this had, she said she had a goofy smile on her face and she was just kind of like bobbing her head up and down rhythmically. So I thought this was a great story. I thought, and, and, and it was really cute. My problem with this segment is Andrew often lately has, this is my throw your phone moment. He starts off the segment and then he immediately gets Luke distracted into doing something. And this drives me nuts because this is listener feedback. This is about your audience. You are disrespecting them by doing this. And I can't figure out if this is some kind of passive aggressive thing or he's got some anxiety about this segment that it won't go well and he's kind of putting it off. And it could be none of those things. I, I just don't know n- know exactly what's going on. So I'd be interested in your guys' take on this. Uh, well, this bothers me also a lot. A lot, a lot. And maybe it's from being around back in the days when Jen was so focused on building the community and communicating with the listeners. And that's part of what made 
made it special. And I mean, it's useless to get into comparisons uh, between Jen and Andrew because they're both wonderful people in their own ways. But that is something I feel has suffered a lot is that they don't engage the listeners in the same way as they used to. And I think that's the a detriment to the show. And, um, and I think you're right. It's disrespectful to pretend like you want that contact and then just throw it over because you have some, you know, thoughts about what kind of toilet paper you prefer or whatever. I think there's a lot less sharing going on pre-show than there used to be even among uh, Luke and Andrew, because I think Andrew's just sort of taken, taken some things on. Luke's taken some things on. And so they're not communicating. I don't think, when Andrew brings up the email that Luke has any idea what the emails are going no. to be <laughs> and whether or not he needs to have an answer prepared for one or, or multiple. So I think Andrew's trying to take it easy on him a little bit in the email. I don't know. That's just my impression. Interesting. It's an interesting thought. At least this time they got to the email. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Yeah. True, true. But- and anyway, I, I've made this way too long, but I will tell you I had an inter- interesting reaction to the Up With People's Run and Catch the Wind song that they ended the show with. Uh, part of me is like Bluto in, in Animal House when he comes down the stairs and smashes the guitar. I want to take the harmonica that's, that, that's in the song and shove it up where the sun don't shine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this music is so rooted in kind of like the American musical canon, both folk music and popular music, that it's it's catchy in this kind of like bland way. So I found myself humming along. So my thought, not that I'm paranoid or anything, that this is a plot by the Koch brothers reaching back in time to wipe the minds of Americans clean to prepare them for the great capitalist screwing of the 21st century. And with that, I will end Wednesday. Okay, thank you, Bob. <laughs> that um, put quite a punctuation mark on the end of that day. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so we move on to Thursday, 2473. Slap me and I'll slap you back. There is a lot of Boondock Saints talk at the beginning of this show. Um, and I know nothing of Boondock Saints. Me so. neither. Me neither. Ah, thank God. Um, they're breaking news. Alaska Airlines is going to have an article about Luke, and so there's a lot of planning about how Luke's going to maximize this to look cool as he's uh, <laughs> holding up the plane in Bellingham because he right. won't get out of bed. Yep. One time. Yeah, they'll be there. Oh, that's the guy on the fucking cover of this thing. Fuck that guy. <clears throat> um, he's working on his work hard, play hard picture layout. And, you know, we re- revisit the Bobby Hill remark. He's resigned that no matter what, no matter how cool they try to make him look in his Alaska Airlines layout, he's going to look like Bobby Hill. Everyone misses the Sky Mall, I think. Yep. Yep. I enjoyed going through those. What actually replaced it is your iPhone or whatever it is, your device that you're holding, but they won't let you play with it during the time you can play with that SkyMall magazine. So right. it took up a little bit of real estate when you have to try to fake paying attention to the safety instructions. And, you know, you could you could look through your SkyMall and see the giant fake boulder where you could hide your house key. And right, or the cat box that looks like a ficus. <laughs> All right, makes the cat feel feel great. 
Let's see. They, uh, I don't know if... I think this is the top story. Kevin Durant admits clapping back too hard on Twitter. I guess he had several Twitter IDs, which he used to argue with fans online. Um, I... I love Kevin Durant. I always have. I've loved him since he was a baby supersonic. Uh, I have been, over the past few years, he's become a lot more open and more of a public figure. He was kind of a shy guy when he was a young guy, and he went to one year at Texas here and then and then uh, slipped into the NBA. I, I think he might drink a little at night. I think he might be... <laughs> Because, uh, you know, because when you hear him interviewed, he's always talking about, oh, let's go get some drinks or get some beers or whatever. And then you hear about someone who's arguing with people on Twitter at, at one or two in the morning and forgetting what account they're in. Eh, you might be having a few beers. Um, let's see. Andrew gets into it on Facebook with someone and then immediately regrets it like he always does. Yep, every once in a while. He's right. He's good for that about three or four times a year. He's lurking on the Stens page and sees something that that uh, hurts his feelings. Uh, I think these guys, they need to develop a thicker skin. I don't think it's going to happen at this point. No. No, probably not. And they have an idea of our show that's completely wrong, which is, that's yes. true. Which is cool. <laughs> It'll never change because they're they're not gonna they're not gonna change. So we need to let go and let God on that. But on on Thursday, one of the greatest voicemails of all time, the guy who had the bathroom situation with the peppers, where the peppers turned from a cure for sinuses to a an affliction for his first date. And I I loved how he told it. He was very engaging and funny mm-hmm. and then it was great how his wife popped in at the end and told him how to how to power out. Yeah. It was uh it was amazing. I wish it were my story. In fact, I might be stealing it. <laughs> I might steal that story. <laughs> but that's all I have for Thursday. Um kind of a light day. All right, let's hit Friday, number 2474. New 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 Luke. I want to mention they use uh, as an intro, they use a clip from The Good Place, which is the sitcom with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson that is so funny. They just started their second season. Everybody should, should watch that. It's from um, Mike Schur. Was he one of the Parks and Rec guys, I think? But it's really funny. So I was really tickled that Andrew chose to feature that. Luke is in Chicago. Boy, he has been getting his Alaska Airlines miles this week, and it's really hot. He teases a story about a New York Times brownie recipe comment that was amazing, and I find that unacceptable to tease a story that has a brownie recipe and then not come back to it later in the show. Mm -hmm. So if that does not reappear next week, Anne is going to be pissed. (laughs) Uh, we find out that uh, Genevieve is co-hosting Ron and Don today, and Andrew and Luke are, in fact, recording a, this show as a second show of Thursday on Thursday evening. I don't understand how that worked with Luke being on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Maybe it's a really late evening, um, because Andrew is co-hosting on Friday morning with Tom and Curly, and then Genevieve will co-host on Ron and Don in the afternoon, so it's a Walsh-Hass takeover. 
And they have a lot of fun coming up with catchphrases for Genevieve and segment mm-hmm. ideas. I was just really glad that they didn't infringe on my territory, which is if they tried to use a segment called like Genevieve Ha's Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're good at you you're good at that. You come up with some good titles. I think when I was on the first time you came up with that concept for a show called Macadamia Nuts. Right, right. You come up with the you come up with the title and then you work back to the actual premise of the show. Absolutely, yes, yes. Academia nuts. It was a school, Academia a school nuts. In That's Hawaii. It. Right, right. Right. Academia nuts. You're right, right. So speaking to um, a pet peeve that you mentioned before, Bob, they can't even get into the donors before they go on a tangent. Like usually they make it to the first name at least. Mm-hmm. And this time they were just off on a discussion about the who slash foreigner slash Tommy slash pinball wizard slash jukebox hero. We got a throw your phone from Colian that made me laugh where he just says, my phone will not recover from this who foreigner conversation. (laughs) I was so confused about what was going on with all of that. Then what I'm calling the pre top story as in they played the top story sounder, but then proceeded to talk about something completely different is that um, Luke wants an Apple Watch. And we knew that was only a matter of time, right? Since Andrew mentioned it to him and told him that it didn't have to be coupled with Luke the iPhone. Luke is an Apple Watch. He's the <laughs> Apple Watch of people. <laughs> oh, Mike, that was great. And, of course, uh, this is going to be the, the new evolution of, of his light phone idea where he's going to use technology to help him disconnect from technology. Uh, and the light phone, by the way, he doesn't go into detail. I really want to hear the full justification of all of this, but it is dead and and gone, and the watch is going to take its place. He's already um, ordered these AirPods, but he's mm-hmm. he feels like they're uncool and he's not going to look cool wearing them. So he also ordered some covers so that you can disguise them. So he yeah, like those rocks like from the, the plastic rocks from the <laughs> yeah, sky mall exactly. <laughs> to disguise your sprinkler, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the reviews on the watch are pretty negative so far. I mean, it's first generation of technology. Well, I guess second generation, but first generation of this technology. So he's trying to come to terms with having to wait for for the next iteration. But of course, he already bought the AirPods. So now he's going to have the headphones and not the watch. And I think he's still probably going to buy it. I think he won't be able to stop himself. And uh, frustratingly to me, he doesn't understand why there's going to be an additional $10 charge on his monthly phone bill because he's adding another device to it. His his theory is that he's paying for unlimited data anyway. So why would it cost any more to add another device? Uh, you just you got to play the game, man. That's just the way it works. I hate it too, but you have to pay for more stuff on the network. Real top story today, a classic TVTL story in every sense. Uh, it turns out that our bath and hand towels are full of human fecal material. What? How's that happen? <laughs> don't don't you poop into your bath towel, Mike? Oh, I just, I can't believe. No, I just can't. <laughs> these these hygiene stories, I can't believe. I just, I, I know. Refuse to believe. 
Luke mentions that when he was a single man, he didn't bother with hand towels. He just used the bath towels. And Andrew, the best part of this whole discussion was Andrew's reaction to Luke's various hygiene confessions, because Andrew mm. just, he just, he's flabbergasted. He did, Why wouldn't you have a hand towel? I mean, isn't there a, a plastic ring that hangs there that where you would put the hand towel? And Luke's like, eh. <laughs> um, so... We're not supposed to dry our face on the towels to avoid getting the fecal material on them. And we're supposed to wash our towels after two days of use. Uh, Luke says, why would you dry your face on a towel anyway? Only after you splash water on your face with the hands. And that's just a thing that happens in the movies. That's and complete bullshit. I've splashed water on my face millions of times. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking well, about. I wash my face in the morning and I wash my face yes. at night. So that's twice a day. Right. Uh, Andrew doesn't do so much the the splashing water on your face thing because he takes so many showers, which he uh -huh. refers to as wake-em-ups, which I actually I really like. I yeah. think that's really funny. You should, let's see, you should never use anybody else's towel, especially anybody else's damp towel, because the fecal material is fresh. And at this point, Luke says that he uses Carrie's used towel. And there's a very uh, convoluted reason for this, including that she usually showers first and it's there and whatever. Oh, and he feels like this is his concession to minimizing his carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. By using Carrie's dirty towel. And Andrew at this point is just flat out horrified. There's this moment of silence. And then he says, you just befuddle me. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> and he thinks that he should write a guidebook for showering for Luke to follow. But Luke doesn't care. He'll use the hand towels because Carrie has 8 million of them. But otherwise, he doesn't care at all. And Andrew wants to know if he reuses the hotel towel. I feel like we have had this conversation so many times. Mm -hmm. And Andrew says yes. and Or Luke says yes. And Andrew is mystified because why would you ever reuse a hotel towel? That's paradise. And then Luke said something that I actually thought was interesting is that it probably has to do with his childhood. And they didn't have fresh, fluffy, warm towels for every member of the Burbank family at all times. And that Susie has never in her life bought new towels or sheets, only used. Because whatever, right. you just throw them in the wash and they'll be fine. You have to think that, um, like, Andrew seems to have grown up in, in some sort of situation where there was there were always fresh towels to be had. And you could just, when you were done with the towel, you just fire it in the dirty clothes or under the sink or wherever for whomever to pick up and do the laundry. But, um, you know, it just, that probably never happened for Luke and, and all of his sisters. And they didn't like get out of the shower. Even the first one in the morning didn't get out of the shower and dry off and then just go, oh, well, I'm just going to leave this on the floor because it would have been like, fuck you, hang up the towel. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just, it's a whole different deal and you know it's bacteria it's feces whatever let's all smear it on each other we're swimming in it exactly yeah it, this reminds me of the sponge story yep uh i i don't know and, and as long as i think as long as you're reasonably careful with stuff uh right hopefully you build up an immunity to these things you know yeah, yeah. as long as it's not like MRSA or or or, or uh right or strep or, you know. Impetigo kind of or something really gross. Impetigo, yes. So 
Luke does confess that he frustrates Carrie by not knowing what towels are for what purpose, what's house, what's pool, and what's dog yeah. towels. That now, there we go. They probably should have gone like color coordinate, yeah. you know, like, because if you have like beige towels uh, for the dogs and off-white towels for the guests and the, the light isn't always optimal in the house, you know, you know, give me some, give me some more color cues than that. I need... I need more help. Yeah. But I would assume that it's just the old towels become the Rudy towels. So they would be the same color. I can understand why Luke makes that mistake. But I also understand why Carrie would be horrified by that. And he said there was a time when he gave all their guests Rudy towels and she was just mortified. And uh, we've heard this before, but we find out that Andrew labels his floor towels with the word floor. Mm-hmm. And I believe he also labels his floor toothbrush with the word floor. He, could, he couldn't fit toothbrush on there. That, that, that's not a bad idea, you know, to, if you're going to have, you don't want something lying around you've used to scrape the grout in your tile and somebody picks it up and uses it for their teeth. So labeling it is probably not a bad idea. True. True. Well, we all know Andrew's cleaning game is on point. Whatever else we can say about him, he does cleaning right for sure. I I know he takes at least an hour break while he cleans the bathroom for two hours because there's nothing else he could possibly be doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that toothbrush Grout scrubbing, that's what takes the time. In music for your weekend, uh, Andrew is debuting a little of Prom Queen's new album, friend of the show, Prom Queen, uh, with End of the World. Luke plays an oldie, but a really goodie, Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. I love that song. And uh, Jen in Houston has a suggestion, and Luke uh, takes the opportunity to send their love and best wishes to all the Houstons and the people that are still coping from the hurricane down there. I thought that was very nice. And Jen chooses Stepdad, My Leather, My Fur, My Nails, which I think is a terrible song title, but it was a great song. So that is music for your weekend, and that's the week. All right, housekeeping. 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 (laughs) Buy stuff from us. We got great (laughs) fucking merch. I don't know if you've seen this shit. I don't like to, you know, put it out too much um, on the social media, but we will... If we have to, we'll put some more out there because this shit is amazing. Walsh Walsh and Doormat, are you kidding me? I have a Roar t-shirt. It is awesome. They fit great. I got my, my Roar pullover, or I had it on until I our technical problems made me sweat it off earlier. I had my Roar pullover on, and I'm loving it. Archive Project, sign up, work on the archives. Maybe you'll uh, someday win a, a crate full of loot. Like uh, Bob got, you can buy stuff uh, for, uh, through our through the, our Amazon link at littleredbandwagon.com/slash/amazon. Uh, you can listen to our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms. This week's show, punctuation and grammar. I guess today is National Punctuation Day, so mind your p's and q's and dot your i's and cross your t's. So all that stuff. Always um, do. Send us your favorite clips i'm sure all of them are Anne, uh as they as they have been so far for the end of the year show um bob can we ask you to tell people how to get involved because you obviously did it 
Yes, you can. Okay. So first off, you can contact us many different ways. Uh, LittleRedBandwagon.com. And if you want to send your throw your phone or hug your phone moments, if you have something uh, either negative or positive or both about the show, send it to throwyourphone.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, the show tw- Twitter is at LRB Podcast. And email is a little red bandwagon at gmail.com. And uh, voicemail or text. We love those voicemails. Send them in. 802-432-TBTL-8285 in digits. Well, thank you, Bob. With that, I think we've uh, done a wrap on this week. I appreciate you uh, coming on, Bob. I hope you uh, enjoy your loot crate, and that'll be our show picture for today. Um, and why don't you get us out of here, and then... Uh, then Bob, I would like to get a solid clap and a nail it today. You got it. <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party. I would love you, Jim. Nailed it. Had to step on me. <laughs> Had to do it. Damn it. <laughs> Taking a man while he's literally down. Well, you know, I couldn't step on your toes because you don't have any more. I have, I have some nice. artificials. <laughs> they look realistic. <laughs> <laughs>